Is getting your CPAP supplies a real pain? It doesn't have to be that way. Hi, I'm Brandon Giggling, president of Parkway Sleep Health Centers, and we are North Carolina's number one source for CPAP machines and supplies. Our streamlined process makes getting your CPAP as easy as one, two, three, and we ship anywhere in the state. If you're in need of a CPAP machine, supplies, a knowledgeable doctor, or a sleep study, Parkway has you covered. For information or to schedule an appointment, visit parkwaysleep.com. Sound sleep, sound health. We're tracking a two-part weather event. That's why we issued a WRAL weather alert day. See the new timing, risks, and impacts for your town. More than 100 people gathering to grieve the victims of a shooting that killed a 15-year-old girl. We got too many murders. We heard in our families. The call for action from the Goldsboro mayor and other local leaders. Leaders from around the state have gathered at Shaw University to discuss the harms of Confederate monuments. I'll have the latest numbers on how many North Carolina has removed. It is a WREL weather alert day tomorrow. We're tracking a risk for severe storms for all of us. Thanks for joining us. I'm Deborah Morgan. And I'm Gerald Owens. This is the system pushing our way right now. We expect to see the impacts of this by the morning. There's also a risk for flooding in much of the area. Meteorologist Kat Campbell is in the WRL Severe Weather Center. And Kat, we could see some gusty winds and hail even. Yes, we could. And those three threats, the gusty winds, hail and flooding, that's why we issued a WRL weather alert day. And a lot of this rain will be arriving just in time for the morning commute. The severe weather threat was updated today. Now all of the area included in the level one threat for severe storms this really comes in two parts, though, so let me break it down for you. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., we'll begin to see these showers pushing in. It's going to be a wave of rain that moves from south to north. Already starting to move in by 6 a.m., widespread rain possible for the morning commute at 8 a.m. We have about an 80% chance. You can see the red here on future casts and pockets of heavy rain, even some isolated rumbles of thunder possible in the morning. But I think some of the ponding on the roads during the morning commute will be the biggest issue. Through lunchtime, that first van moving through. And then during the afternoon, we're likely to see some breaks in the rain and even some sunshine coming out. What that will do, it's going to heat us up and that'll provide some energy for any of these scattered storms that we see throughout the afternoon and evening hours that energizes them, allowing them to become intense and perhaps severe. And then we've got to get through the weekend. Still a second system on the way. I'll have a closer look at what to expect for the weekend coming up. A lot to watch. All right. Thank you, Kat. More than 150 people gathered tonight for a vigil after six young people were shot in Goldsboro last night. This was the scene on North Leslie Street where it happened. 15-year-old Joanna Pearsall died at the scene. Members of the community joined her family and friends in honoring her life. She would have turned 16 in just a few weeks. Aaron Thomas joining us live from the area where the vigil just wrapped up. Aaron, there was quite a showing tonight. Yeah, most certainly, Gerald. In fact, we're still seeing that outpouring of love for this 15-year-old Joanna Pearsall. In fact, within the past five minutes, we just had a few community members who stopped by to add more flowers and this a nice teddy bear in her honor. Taking you to video now, we actually had more than 160 people who marched the streets in solidarity. Some walked in silence. Others prayed out loud. After a few minutes, the crowd gathered at an open field at a nearby church. There, we heard from county leaders, pastors, all expressing frustration with this act of crime. After the gathering, I spoke one-on-one -on -one with Goldsboro Mayor David Hamm. He spoke with me about the collaborative effort it'll take to curb the reoccurring theme of gun violence among the city's youth. So we are asking the people of this community, whatever your status is, 
to come forward and help us come up with some ideas and some plan how we can attack this situation. And this story continues. This is something I'm following on our late news beginning at 10 on Fox 50. We're actually going to be hearing from the organizer of this large scale vigil, what he hopes comes out of it and where this investigation stands as police search for a suspect. Gerald. Aaron Thomas live in Goldsboro. Thank you. Some of the 911 calls released this afternoon were from friends of Joanna Pearsall. Another was from one of the victims. A worker at a nearby Piggly Wiggly made this call to 911. There was a party going on with about 150 kids. They're shooting, people running everywhere. This is the Piggly Wiggly, and I got my store locked down. Uh, Y'all need some help out here bad. 21 calls in all were made to 911 after the shooting. We're following some breaking news in Durham. Right now, forensics teams are on the scene of a fatal shooting along Carter Avenue. Police have been there for nearly seven hours now. WRL's Eric Miller joins us live. Eric, we're pushing for any new information in this investigation. That's right, Deborah. Though Durham police here this afternoon do remain very tight-lipped about what exactly was going on here, what exactly led up to this shooting. You can see still an active scene here behind me, multiple blocks of Carter Avenue here in Durham taped off with the mobile command unit here on scene as well. Take a look at some of this video from this scene. You can see it's been active for hours. Durham police were first called out here right around 1230 this afternoon for what started off as a suspicious death investigation. That then turned into a shooting investigation once police officers and EMTs arrived here on the scene. Again, no work on what led to this shooting. No word on anyone in custody at this time. Continue pressing for answers and bring you those as soon as we get them. Back to you. Eric Miller, live in Durham. Thanks, Eric. Police say a rabid fox tried to bite a person near a busy shopping center in Raleigh. The fox was found near Wake Forest and Six Forks Road. Six Forks Road. That's in the shopping center that includes Wegmans, Trader Joe's. Uh, the officers captured the animal after it was acting abnormally, trying to bite someone. The fox then tested positive for rabies. If you see an animal acting abnormally or showing some concerning behavior, make sure to report it right away. A Raleigh recycling company is facing a hefty fine from the state in connection with a large fire. The North Carolina Department of Environmental Quality gave Wall Recycling a $64,000 fine after this fire at the facility back in November. That fire triggered a code orange air quality alert in the area. The fine is for violating the state's open burning rule and other regulations. The agency also found the facility to be in violation of rules related to incinerators. The penalty includes $400 for investigative expenses, and then the rest will go into a fund for public school expenses. No basis for criminal prosecution. That's the information right here from authorities in regards to the shooting death of a man in Holly Springs. Officers involved in this, they say he was armed. We were covering this story several months ago when it happened in Holly Springs. And investigators say the person who was shot and killed by officers is Ryan Schlosser. He was armed with a knife and he refused to uh, do exactly what officers were saying. In fact, a couple of officers uh, received minor cuts in the process. Mr. Schlosser was uh, shot and killed there on the scene. There was an investigation, no basis for criminal prosecution, and this matter is now closed, according to this report just into the Live Center from Holly Springs. We'll keep you updated on if there's anything new out of this. Likely, this is the end and case closed at this point. Back to you. Thank you, Mark. Dozens of people gathered at Shaw University for an all-day conference on the removal of Confederate monuments. WRL's Monica Casey shows us the feelings these monuments can evoke in some people and why they want them gone. 
Confederate monuments have been coming down across the state for years, from downtown Raleigh and Durham to Enfield, Wilmington, Chatham County, and even UNC Chapel Hill's campus. The removals aren't without pushback. Some argue the monuments represent history. Others feel very differently. It makes you feel sick. It makes you have tightness in your stomach. Dr. Rhonda Taylor Bullock co-founded a nonprofit providing anti-racism training. She says Confederate monuments are a constant reminder of white supremacy. As a society, if we're gonna build monuments, build them around um, values that are healthy. Taylor Bullock was one of the speakers at today's conference hosted by the NC Commission on Racial and Ethnic Disparities in the Criminal Justice System. Another speaker, Taffany English Ralph, is the state director of the Alabama Office of the Southern Poverty Law Center. That group began tracking Confederate memorials in 2015. It always instilled like this uneasiness, this fear, or like this is not a place that you should be, like you don't really belong here. English Ralph feels hopeful about progress. The future will be all of us, and we all um, are deserving and worthy of what the uh, ideals of this country are and the values. If we're standing on equality and justice, that has to apply to every single person. The Southern Poverty Law Center's latest report shows 48 Confederate memorials were removed last year. Seven of them were in North Carolina. Monica Casey, WRL News in Raleigh. It has been six months since a teenager went on a shooting rampage in the Headingham community, killing five people and injuring two others. Coming up, we'll take a closer look at where this case stands within the justice system. Plus, looking ahead at hurricane season, WRL meteorologists explain what two new forecasts out today could mean for us here in North Carolina. Coming up. It has been six months since the mass shooting in the Headingham community in Raleigh. A teenager is accused of killing five people and injuring two others. WRL's Chelsea Donovan takes a closer look at where the case stands now, six months later. Time has changed the entrance that was once a memorial filled with towering crosses, tributes, and flowers. But the days tend to drag on. 180 days of healing and uncharted waters for Rob Steele, who stood in angst at the Headingham Athletic Club with so many others the night of October 13th, waiting for the news of his fiance, Mary Marshall. I can't physically go back up there. He's also only been here once to the spot she was shot dead next to her dog on the greenway behind her home. She's my gold standard of the person I want to be. He's been working to turn tragedy into action by fighting for stricter gun laws. It's important that we get justice for them as well, but uh, we need to we need to work to prevent these kinds of tragedies, not just react after they happen. Mary was one of the five killed in the massacre. Off-duty Raleigh police officer Gabriel Torres was shot and killed that night. Nicole Connors was killed with her dog on her front porch. Susan Carnance was on a seven-mile run on the Greenway when she was shot to death. And 16-year-old James Thompson, the shooter's brother, also killed. 15-year-old Austin Thompson, the shooter, was also injured. That the individual who law enforcement ultimately determined was responsible as a juvenile District Attorney Lauren Freeman can't elaborate on any charges due to state law. However, juvenile petitions have been filed. If we're able to move to the next step would be that probable cause hearing. And then state law allows us, if probable cause is found, to transfer this case 
to adult court. Freeman intends to try the shooter as an adult, but first this case must make its way through the juvenile justice system, and that takes time. And sometimes, you know, motions are filed, things have to be heard um, that require also outside agencies and evaluations and things. And so all of those sorts of things can draw out a case in juvenile court. She expects a probable cause hearing to happen within the next 90 days. I would love to see this go to trial. Freeman says right now the shooter's parents aren't facing charges, although that could change as the investigation unfolds. She will not comment as to where the shooter got those guns. We should mention we also reached out to the family attorney. They aren't providing further comment today. Chelsea Donovan, WRL News, Raleigh. North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper is reacting to the debate over an abortion pill embroiled in a legal fight. In a statement about the drug Mifepristone, the governor said, quote, the continued use of this proven safe drug is critical to women's health. The Supreme Court should stop this legal charade and immediately restore full access to this medication. This statement came as the Justice Department said it would take the latest ruling in the case to the U.S. Supreme Court. Late last night, an appeals court made a ruling that means the abortion pill can be used, however, left restrictions that forces women to make an in-person visit to their doctor first. State lawmakers in both parties want to increase regulations on homeowners associations. Under North Carolina law, if you owe the HOA any amount of money that is past due, they can put a lien on your house and auction it off to get the money you owe. Representative Yalu has filed a bill that would set a minimum amount of $2,500 or the equivalent of a year's worth of dues before an HOA can start foreclosure proceedings. Her bill would also require HOAs to make more of an effort to inform property owners by phone, email, and standard mail. A lot of times homeowners uh, are not aware that they didn't pay their HOA dues or they are not aware um, they owe a balance to the HOA and their homes um, end up getting foreclosed on. I just think that's very unfair. Alou says in many cases the properties are rentals and the homeowner doesn't live there, so they may never see a letter that is sent to the property. Another bill filed in the Senate would no longer allow HOAs to foreclose on properties. Both bills are in committee. We are about six weeks from the start of hurricane season and we're getting an early look at about how busy that season could be. Meteorologist Brian Schrader has the numbers from the WREL Severe Weather Center and why this season's forecast is tougher than usual. Today, NC State released its tropical forecast, predicting a near-normal season with between 11 and 15 named storms, six to eight of those becoming hurricanes, and two to three becoming major hurricanes. We also heard from researchers at Colorado State University with a similar forecast, but they're highlighting a lot of uncertainty this season, and here's why. An El Nino pattern is likely to develop this summer, and that's when water in the eastern Pacific warms. That sets off changes in the atmosphere, which strengthen upper-level winds, and that wind shear can disrupt development of tropical systems in the Atlantic. But we have unusually warm water in the Atlantic right now, so if that strong El Nino does not develop, we could see a busy hurricane season. Remember, it takes only one storm to make your hurricane season an active one, and that's why you need to be prepared. Hurricane season starts June 1st. I'm Brian Schrader, WRAL News. As we know, some of these storms can even kick up before official hurricane yeah. season starts. Oh, yeah. And we go through all the alphabet and then yeah. go through the other <laughs> Greek alphabet. Right. We still have some time though, to soak up the sun at the beast before we have to start thinking about hurricane season. 
As you look live at Carolina Beach right now, some lucky souls out there on the sand enjoying the cool breeze, or the warm breeze, I should say, on a beautiful Thursday evening. Yes. Meteorologist Kat Campbell joining us now in the WRL Severe Weather Center because a change is coming for the morning. Yes, it is. Even at the coast, there will be a change. We saw so many people sitting out on the beach enjoying this nice weather. Not for long. We're going to see the bands of rain really impact the coast first. These will be swinging in from the south overnight into early tomorrow morning. And you can see this spin here. This is our area of low pressure that we're tracking. Morning commute looks like it's going to be a messy one. You may want to leave some extra time before you head out the door in the morning. There could be ponding on the roadways, areas of heavy rain. Meteorologist Elizabeth Garner will keep you up to date with which areas are seeing the heaviest rain. And Brian Schrader will have traffic conditions tomorrow morning starting at 430. Unfortunately, it just looks like it'll be a messy start to the day. Leave yourself some extra time. The first round of rain will be the most widespread as we see a band of showers push through the area. We may see a little bit of a lull in the rainfall during the afternoon, allowing the sunshine to come out, heat things up and energize the atmosphere. So the scattered thunderstorms that we see later in the afternoon and evening. That's the timeline with more concern with uh, the strong wind and perhaps some hail potential. The morning, I think we could see some rumbles of thunder, but it would be really localized flooding that would be the main concern. Noon, we still have that initial ban potentially in our northern counties, and then we see a break before these scattered showers and storms develop for the afternoon and evening. These will be in a very scattered fashion throughout the evening. Once we get to the late night hours, we should gradually see this activity dying down overnight. Saturday, it's a 20% chance for rain. Still looks like the better day for outdoor plants. You can see on Futurecast some isolated showers popping up. I don't expect that this will be widespread or last as long, but it just goes to show there may be some unlucky folks that do see a quick shower roll through on Saturday. It still looks like the better day compared to tomorrow, though, for your outdoor plans. 81 degrees and a little humid out there. Taking a closer look at your weekend, Sunday does feature a chance for some storms, mainly later in the day into Sunday night. It's about a 30% chance. Both days this weekend will be pretty warm and muggy. High temperatures in the lower 80s, dew points in the 60s. If you do want to make outdoor plans on Sunday, try to get those in early in the day during the first half of the day. It will send 77 degrees at the Whirly Gig Park right now. Now, the DBAP full of people and wagging tails for Bark in the Park tonight, 79 degrees there. And at the WRL Fayetteville Newsroom, 75 degrees. For your dog walk tomorrow, it's going to be tough to get one in in the morning, but I think that you'll be able to find a pocket of dry weather somewhere during the afternoon to at least get in a quick walk. You can keep the WRL weather app on hand and check in on the dual Doppler 5000 radar to really plan that quick time when you can get outside. Looking at the weekend, we stay warm and muggy. Sunday system will arrive in the form of a cold front. That's going to knock down temperatures a little bit as we head into early next week. High temperatures back in the 70s, lows in the 40s. Best of all, we're going to see another little drop in the humidity with that front. But notice we're starting to get to that time with these fronts swinging through where the temperature drop isn't as drastic. At least we go from the 80s to the 40s instead of the 30s. <laughs> and, you know, highs no longer in the 40s, of course, like last weekend. That has been temperature whiplash for a while, though. <laughs> Thank you, Kat. NC State standouts who made us proud in the NFL and now are making sure young football players across the area will be a little safer on the field. A look at their new gear, all thanks to the Holt Brothers nonprofit, coming up.
Cumberland County Parks and Rec took a significant step toward the completion of its next senior center today. City leaders were on hand for the topping out ceremony this morning, celebrating the completion of the building's framework. The $9.2 million facility will have a warm water pool, racquetball courts, lounge areas, and a kitchen. Funding for Senior Center East came from the 2016 Parks Bond. The Holt Brothers Foundation donated more than 1,000 helmets to local football programs today. And the both brothers both played professional football and at NC State, and that's why they recognize the importance of safety on the football field. They say these soft-shelled helmets in these boxes can help decrease the number of concussions in high school football players. In all, the foundation donated more than $100,000 worth of protective gear to 11 local football programs. Nowadays, it's like, who has $100 to drop on a soft shell helmet when kids play tackle also, and you gotta drop money on tackle football also. So, however, we can keep money out, keep from digging in parents' pockets. We try to do that as much as possible. On Saturday, the foundation is also hosting a flag football tournament. It's free and it's open to the public. Mm -hmm. Two barbecue festivals and one and only Harlem Globetrotters are on Out and About's picks for the weekend. WRL Lifestyle Editor Kathy Hanrahan has the details. There are two family-friendly barbecue festivals coming up this weekend. First up, the Peak City Pig Fest starts Friday night and continues Saturday in downtown Apex. There will be live music, a beer garden, and lots of barbecue. Admission is free. In downtown Raleigh, the North Carolina Qgrass Festival is Saturday on Fayetteville Street. There will be barbecue and live music. And on Sunday, the Harlem Globetrotters will bring their 2023 World Tour to PNC Arena. Expect some high-flying fun and lots of laughs. Tickets are still available. These are just a few ways to get out and about this weekend. Kathy Hanrahan, WRAL News. <laughs> <laughs> the Ideal Home Show returns to the State Fairgrounds starting tomorrow. Now, this is video from last year's event. Home and Garden Television's Bargain Mansion host, Tamara Day, will be there. You can expect to find both interior and exterior design ideas and tips. The show hours are 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. tomorrow and Saturday and 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. Tickets, just $12. You always see some fascinating things you haven't ever seen before at these shows. Yeah, and ideas. Yeah. You know, I never thought about trying that. Gives you motivation to yeah. go out there and fix your yard, right? Right. Or have <laughs> someone else do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching and making WREL your choice for local news. Our next newscast is at 10 on Fox 50 and at 11 on WREL. We hope to see you then. Have a great night. Keep watching WRAL News over the air channel 34 and Spectrum channel 1257. At Wake Med MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care, to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger 
for the ones who get it done. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.